Welcome to Life After Blindness, a blog and podcast that is dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life of blindness. And now, here's your host, Tim Schwartz. Hello and welcome to Life After Blindness and Happy New Year. And right off the bat, I would just like to say thank you so much to my wonderful and talented daughter, Alyssa, for such a fantastic introduction. Thank you so much for that. And thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. You can find the show notes to this episode by visiting lifeafterblindness.com slash 31. That's lifeafterblindness.com slash 31. And as always, if you have questions or comments, please send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. As I said, a new year is upon us, and thank goodness for that. I am so done with 2018. I am so happy to put it behind me. As as many of you know from listening to the podcast and reading my blog and following me on Twitter and Facebook, I had one heck of a roller coaster year in 2018. A lot of medical issues, a lot of other personal issues going on, surgeries, not just for myself, but others in my family, a lot of illnesses going around. It was just not the best of years in 2018, but I am feeling better than I have in such a long time. And I am so eager to start this new year off fresh and get some great podcasts out there to you, some great new blog content, a lot of other things I've got up my sleeve and planned for everybody. So please stay tuned going forward this year in 2019. I'm really hoping that as I put 2018 behind me and move forward that this year is going to be a really great year. And kicking the year off in this episode of Life After Blindness, I'll be sharing with you part two of my interview with Stephen Scott, where he will talk with me about his experience with a Tesla 3 self-driving vehicle. If you missed part one of the interview, just go back and take a listen to episode 30, where Stephen and I talk about automated vehicles in general and the benefits that they have for the blind and visually impaired. And later in this week's T3, I'll talk with you about a few things that I'm using in the new year to help me get in better shape and get healthy and fit. And they're all either mostly or all accessible for the blind and visually impaired. But before we get into all of that, let's take a look at what's been going on in the news. top story this week comes to us from Netflix and concerns their newest movie release, Bird Box. Bird Box is a thriller starring Sandra Bullock, where the basic premise of the movie is that there is a monster terrorizing people, and if you see this monster, you could be severely injured or even killed. Sandra Bullock's character finds that she can evade the monster by wearing a blindfold. This, of course, causes her character to do many different things throughout the film without being able to see. Bird Box does offer audio description for the blind and visually impaired. It's been highly rated and Sandra Bullock's performance is amazing as usual. The problem here isn't with the movie, however. The problem is with social media. Once the movie was released, a challenge appeared on social media called the Bird Box Challenge. This challenge requires people who have perfectly good vision to put on a blindfold and go about their daily lives or even try to achieve certain feats with that blindfold on as if they were blind. This wouldn't necessarily be a bad education for people if they were to confine it to their home and try to do normal everyday things around the house. But unfortunately, people are taking it to the next level. There are people actually trying to cross the street, 
drive their car, and so many other things that they really should not ever be doing with a blindfold on, and calling it just acting like they're blind. Of course, we know better that when you are blind or visually impaired, you get special training with either a white cane or a guide dog. You learn how to utilize your other senses in a much better way to understand the world around you. I'm sure that Netflix and the creators of Bird Box never ever intended for this type of challenge to happen, but unfortunately people will do what people will do. I wanted to just bring this up as kind of a public service announcement to just let people know that this is not safe. This is not something that you should ever attempt without the proper training or proper understanding of what it's like to be a blind person. Again, I don't have any problem with people trying to understand and educate themselves to what it's like to be a blind person, but to go to these extremes and put yourself or others in harm's way is just ignorant and dangerous. In other Netflix news, near the end of last year, two new TV shows were released by Netflix where they had a different kind of audio description. As all of us know, Netflix is very well known the last few years for offering audio description, not just in their own produced content, but in the content that they acquire from other places. Well, these two new shows, A Shot in the Dark and Fastest Car, do not use humans for the audio description. Rather, they use synthesized voices for the audio description. One of them a female and one of them a male. And if you're not careful, you may not necessarily notice the difference. Take a listen and let me know what you think. Now some bittersweet news to report. Longtime listeners to Life After Blindness may be familiar with Mel Scott from BlindAlive.com, where she offered the eyes-free fitness workouts for the blind and visually impaired. Unfortunately, Mel had to close down Blind Alive near the end of last year for a variety of reasons, and therefore she will not be producing any new audio workouts for the blind. However, for a limited time, you can visit BlindAlive.com and now access all of the Eyes Free Fitness workouts for free. Each of them are listed there in zip files available for you to download. There is currently no word on how long these will be available. In gaming news, much like they did with Madden NFL Football, EA Sports has updated their popular racing game, Need for Speed, to be accessible for the blind and visually impaired. They've added a series of new sound effects as well as special haptic feedback in order to help you be able to race your car. Also in gaming news, Microsoft has recently come out with a game available for the Windows 10 App Store called Ear Hockey, E-A-R Hockey. Played much like air hockey, the goal is to hit a puck into your opponent's goal. You do this by just using the left and right arrow keys on your keyboard to line the sound effects up in the center of your speaker or headphones in order to hit the puck back. While Life After Blindness was away on a holiday hiatus, a few notable updates came to the Amazon Echo and not made by Amazon, but by third parties. Microsoft brought Skype audio and video calling to Amazon Echo. So if you have a Skype account, you can now use the Lady A app on your smartphone to log in. And on Amazon Echo devices, you can speak using audio. And if you have an Echo show, you can do video calling. Amazon Echo also now offers native email support. So you don't have to download any third-party skills in order to access popular email services like Gmail. 
Once you've set up your email address of choice in the Lady A app, you can just go ahead and ask your Amazon Echo to check your mail. And as of December of 2018, you no longer have to rely solely on Amazon Prime Music, iHeartRadio, or Spotify as your default music service on the Amazon Echo. You now can log into your Apple iCloud account and access Apple Music. And finally, there was a new technology making a lot of news at this year's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas called WeWalk. This is a brand new smart cane from a company from Turkey that allows the user to detect obstacles in their path, not just things directly in your path on the ground, but also things that might be up higher as well, like tree branches. This device does connect to your smartphone and also offers the ability to control things on your phone like music playback. The WeWalk doesn't include a white cane, but rather attaches to any existing white cane. The WeWalk isn't available just yet, but when it's released, it's expected to cost around $450. And that's the news. Each week on Life After Blindness, I'd like to present a segment that I call Because of My Blindness. This is where you, the listener, submit to me your stories about your journey with blindness. The stories can be inspirational, educational, funny, even frustrating. Ultimately, I want to share your stories with others so that we can all find together that there truly can be a life after blindness. Please submit your stories to me by sending an email to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. You can either write out your story to be read here on the show, or if you can, I'd prefer if you could record your story. You can use a audio recording app on your smartphone or something on your computer to record audio and attach that to an email and send that in as well. So again, that's tim at lifeafterblindness.com. I look forward to sharing your story on an upcoming episode of Life After Blindness. And now let's take a listen to the second half of my interview with Stephen Scott about autonomous vehicles and his experience with the Tesla 3. So let's take a step then back to Birmingham, because I know any questions, concerns, or, or any you know ideas you had about this going in, I happen to know that a lot of it was answered once you first saw the pods and then, and then the other things that you saw there and, and the way they introduced you to this technology. Tell me about that, uh, that first interaction and that, pardon the pun, but eye-opening experience you had. <laughs> well, I know you're getting at the Tesla. Tesla Model X, which was the vehicle that was there, uh, that I wasn't I, I had in my head a Tesla would be there. I knew a Tesla would be there, but I didn't know it was this one. The Tesla I thought would be there, um, I had in my head, was one with lots of uh, technology around it, you know, lots of radar and, and sensors on display. Because that's kind of where I always pictured the technology to be at at this stage. I think of the Google cars and, and what Uber are doing and what Waymo are doing and all of these companies... Their vehicles are quite visually striking because of the technology that's on show around them. And perhaps that's deliberate so that people know what they are. I'm not sure. But um, this car, I didn't even think this was anything else other than a regular car. I mean, it was at night. I didn't see it too well. But I could, it, you know, compared to any other car, it didn't stand out. Which I have to say, when I told the Tesla guy this, he wasn't very impressed. Um, but... <laughs> 
But then I, so I showed him a white stick and he said, okay, fair enough. It's like my wife when she gets her hair cut. I always say, well, you know, your hair's gorgeous. And she says, yeah, I don't believe you. Um, what do you know? But this was the, the vehicle that um, that's the latest model from Tesla. And it's got, I mean, it is an absolutely stunning car. I mean, forget the driverless technology for a second. This is a beautiful car. If if I if I was <laughs> capable of buying this thing tomorrow and driving it around, I would have it for two reasons. One, because it was incredibly driverless and all that, but also it's sexy and cool. Inside, it is gorgeous. Really? Beautiful car. Soft, I'm told, Italian leather on the model I was in. Mm. Um, it was white leather, which I thought is a bit of a, challenge for a visually impaired person good for contrast but bad when you've got ice cream um yes <laughs> and it was oh it was just sumptuous i mean sumptuous seating deep filled cushions i mean it was very very luxurious um all the seats reclined uh the roof was made of glass so you could actually in a, in a, on a proper day you would be able to see you know everything but it was a kind of a what would you call that not blacked out glass but that kind of idea, frosted smoke, like tinted glass, tinted, or yeah, frosted glass, yeah. Um, and you know, you obviously would, would secure yourself from the sun a little bit with that, which is good. But still, you know, you get a lovely uh, sense of the sunlight and the day, which sounded lovely. The doors in this vehicle kind of surprised me because they they opened like I was mentioning earlier. They opened out like wings. The back doors opened out like wings, so they would actually open upwards. And anyone who's seen the movie or heard about the movie Back to the Future. And the DeLorean car, um, where the doors kind of sprung up, uh, that was it, essentially. But these, all of these uh, features had sensors and had technology in them. And I'll explain more about that in a second. Now, I sat in the back of the car. I don't know why I sat in the back, actually, when I think about it, but I did. Natural, I suppose. <laughs> I never sat in the front. So you should have sat in just the what would have been the natural driver's seat, just to say, "Hey, I I'm in the driver's seat." It but made no odds, driving. really. But yeah. I, I didn't uh, for some reason. Yeah. This car did have a steering wheel. It, <laughs> it did have a huge control panel in the front, which was a touchscreen, almost like a big twelve point nine inch iPad. Um, I didn't go near that. Um, I could see things happening on it. I didn't know what they were, but uh, that wasn't really interesting me. What was interesting me was there's this thing moving its own. Um, now, legally, you can't drive them on the main roads yet, not in full autonomous mode, but I was able to do a little bit of moving forward and back with it. And what I was able to achieve was um, with an app on this guy from Tesla, from on his phone, I was able to sit in the car and he said, all you do is you push the forward button and just hold it down and the car will move. Um, so I did. Now, you might be wondering, why do this with an app? Well, I'll explain that in a minute. But I would press the button down, and the car started to move by itself. And what kind of freaked me out a bit was it started turning. The wheels started turning, um, and it, it started to sort of go off in a bit of a different direction. So I, I let go of the forward button because I thought something had gone wrong. I thought a typical, you know, if I, I'll find the flaws. Um but when the the door got opened, it was explained to me that someone was standing in front of the Tesla and that the only way the car could move forward was by going around this person. It was aware of the guy who was standing in front of the car. So cool. Amazing. <laughs> um, 
he then asked me to reverse the car back and I I, <laughs> I just said, well, how will I know when to let go? You know, I don't know when the car's reached the wall that it's parked against. And he said, yeah, but the car does. So I held down the reverse button and sure enough, the car reversed back and stopped beautifully just at the wall. Um, what I had to say was the sounds, the sounds in the vehicle were incredible, very futuristic, all kind of, and all that stuff, you know, oh, it was lovely. Um and it was just it was just incredible. And the doors would open. And what was interesting was, and this is what I wanted to tell you about the doors, the, the doors have got sensors in them as well. Now, I mentioned earlier about having the doors that spring up and would hit you as a, a blind person because you were maybe too close to them. Uh, I tried to open the door. The guy said, all you do is nudge your knee against the door and it'll open. Once the car stopped, it knows. So, you know, the door can open. So I nudged my knee against it. The door began to open and stopped. And he said, oh, that's because someone's standing outside the door. I said, oh, has the door hit the person? He said, no, no, the door knows that someone's standing there, so it's waiting till that person moves, and then it will continue to open. Yeah, that one blew me away when you and I first spoke about this uh, way back, I believe, on Tech Talk when we talked about this first, and I asked you that very question. I'm like, okay, but it's a gullwing door. It's going to fly up. Yeah. If you're standing there, it's going to hit you in the face or hit you in the chest, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's censored, too. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, the, to me, they, they seems like they've thought of everything, not just the driving, but the experience, the, you know, the lounging in the car. Like you say, if you're going to sit in a vehicle and not do anything, you're not driving, you might as well be extraordinarily comfortable. And then to be able to just walk up to the vehicle and have it be that smart to where it's not going to smack you in the face because it knows you're there. It's just, it's just amazing to me how much they've, they've thought about this and put into this vehicle. And the doors, I mean, again, heavy, you know, clunky doors. I have a thing about heavy, clunky doors. Not that I've ever driven, but, you know, I always find a car, it's just, I love that satisfying clunk. Sure. You know, instead of these rattly old cars that, that sound, you know, as if a bomb's just going off as soon as you close the door. Um, but no, lovely, beautiful car. Um, the sensor doors, uh, all that. And then the treat came. In the form oh, of... Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was a treat. Um, he said, do you want to see the car dance? And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what does that mean? And I've got all kinds of things get off in my head. Um, and he said, no, he said, it, it, the car does dance. So I'm sitting in the car, and it proceeds to play, as I learned later, a trans-Siberian dance song. I hadn't heard of it. I'm not up on my trans-Siberian dance music. But... Um, I began to play this song and the lights on the car would flash in time with the music <laughs> and the doors, the back doors that I was sitting, the sort of wing-going doors, they would actually start opening to sort of almost start as if the thing was flying, you know? The, the wings would go up and down, the doors would go up and down. Oh, yeah. Um, so during the course of the music, the soaring pieces of music the, the wings would be flying on the car. I mean, it was just insane. And then the front doors would start opening and closing as well. Um, they were just normal sort of standard car doors, but they would open and close themselves as well. The boot was opening, apparently. It was just insane. And it would do all this. And you know that way you're thinking, this is all, all wonderful and great, but why is it doing this? <laughs> this is a car. It's just Tesla showing off. That's what it is. It's, do you know That is for the only reason that they've put that in yes. there is so that the first guy that buys this can sit on his driveway and say, hey, guys, 
Check this out. Yeah, look what I can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know that'll be. And someone else will be looking at their car, thinking, "Got a rubbish car." Um, but no, yeah, the, I see it, this being in all their commercials going forward. They're just you know, every commercial is going to have the dancing Tesla. I, I just see it now. Tesla. Yeah, it's, 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 and it's incredible. It really is. I have to say, the sound system in it. I think it was Bose that was in it. I could be wrong, but the sound in it was incredible. And I thought I could imagine having my CDs up loud in this. Um, Online so, Center probably doesn't have a CD player at that uh, level, I guess. But um, you know, just incredible, incredible car, and I, I really enjoyed it. Just to, to sort of bring me back to Earth a little bit, I asked him about why there was a forward and reverse feature on the app because I thought it was a bit of a strange feature. Um, now, there's two reasons why. First of all, it's a bit of a, a step; it's a step uh, forward towards where they want to be. The idea is that in the future, and we're not thinking too far away, there will be a summon button instead. So what would happen is you'd be uh, you'd arrive at the restaurant, you would uh, your wife and yourself might want to uh, go find a table. You would just get out of the car, you know, at, at, the, at the door of the restaurant, press a button on your remote control, or say something into remote control, and the car would just go off and find a parking space by itself. Mm-hmm. But when you come out of the restaurant, you know you want your car, so you press the summon button on the app and the car reverses out of the parking space and comes around and meets you out front where you're standing. And that's where the future is going. That's where we are heading. Um, but there was a, this forward and back feature still interested me and he was explaining to me that that's why they had done it. And I, I said to him at the time, years ago I was in a relationship with a woman who was in a wheelchair. And I remember we arrived at a restaurant once and we'd gone for a meal and it was all very lovely and we came out and her her car was parked and another car had parked too close to her driver door. Mm, yeah. So she couldn't get in. And the only way she did it, and I maybe shouldn't admit this on, on, on air, but uh, I had to drive the car out. Oh, goodness. Which was hilarious, <laughs> by the way. I'm sure it was. <laughs> because I didn't know the... There was two things. One, I didn't know the car was automatic. Which meant I didn't uh, understand why I I didn't get that you had to take the handbrake off first. I mean, I, I knew you had to take the handbrake off to move the car, but um, <laughs> I didn't take the handbrake off because the car started moving itself because it's automatic. So I put it into reverse. It starts rolling backwards, and I have only ever played uh, computer games when it comes to driving cars. So. What I do in computer games is I put my pedal all the way down as far as it'll go. Oh, no. And the car is screaming. But I am, this car is reversing it very slowly. And I learned that it was it was doing that because it was in reverse. It would move itself. But had I taken the handbrake off, I would have reversed through the restaurant. Yes, you would have. <laughs> um, and taken out a few decent diners along the way. Oh, so, man. Um, yeah. That was that was my experience of driving, but that's that was my experience. And I said to him, that forward and back feature is brilliant for this. If someone parks too close to your car and you need to get into it, but you can't, either you're on crutches or you have mobility issues or you're in a wheelchair or whatever it might be that causes you to be unable to get into the vehicle, this could help. And that feature is available on all Teslas now. I think that's incredible. So I'm not suggesting that everybody should go out and buy a Tesla, although in saying that, why wouldn't you? Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> if you have the means, why why wouldn't you? Right, exactly. With everything you've you've described about it, yeah, I think it should be the car of choice, honestly. But that being said, yeah, we know that every car company is working on this in some way or another. Of course, Google is pushing this. Uh, I do know that uh, Ford and Chevrolet and all these other big companies are working you know, one way or another on these type of vehicles. So I think this is definitely going to be our future. It's just, how is it going to be implemented? How is it going to be accepted? That's going to be the other big question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and how is it going to work? And I, I guess the, the ultimate goal would be, especially for these uh, self-driving vehicles, yes, you have the forward and back feature, which I agree. I think that's a, a phenomenal use of that because so many times where you get to a parking lot or you get somewhere and that is an issue. But I, I presume otherwise you would just get in put in a GPS coordinate or put in an address, hit a button and away you go. Yeah. And I mean, at the moment where what I was told was that so far in the UK, what can be done is that the car, you can't use any of the fully autonomous features. They're not even available really inside the car. It, It probably enabled possibly, or could be enabled, but they're not there yet. Um, but what that you can do legally at the moment is you can drive the car on a motorway on a highway and it can go into automatic mode which will effectively take control of the vehicle for you um and that's the only use you can have at the moment with the a autonomous car and you can see basically what's happening here i guess it's a bit like i mean this isn't a really really bad example but you know, when people wanted to get, when the, the record companies wanted us to stop buying cassette tapes and give us CDs, they didn't take away cassette tapes. They just put CDs in the shops as well. And they said, look, you know, you can get this. And people said, oh, yeah, that's okay. And maybe we'll try one. Oh, my goodness, the sound is so much better. I'm not going to buy tapes anymore. Yeah, for the same price, I can get a better quality? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what we're doing with these. We're starting to see the, the, the parking capabilities of these vehicles. Um, you know, some of them, uh, some of these cars have got brilliant um, capabilities for parking, but the laugh is that no one really uses them. And the reason they don't use them is because the husband doesn't use them because he doesn't want to get in trouble if the car gets broken. <laughs> um, the wife doesn't want to use them because she'll get in trouble and she'll have to blame him and, and all the rest of it. So no one touches these features, uh, but actually they're all there already. And it's just getting us ready for the day when, you know, when, when they hit with actually here's the first autonomous car it won't be as big a shock everyone knows it's coming they're talking about it enough but for us this is a real game changer and the one other thing I'd say is that it comes at a really interesting time because I've always wanted to own a car but the irony about this is that actually the, the very model of car ownership will change the idea of needing to own a car will go away. I imagine a world, and certainly this is what the experts talk about, a world where we hail vehicles like Uber. Maybe we pay a subscription uh, to have a vehicle. You know, Instead of having a car, you pay a subscription and the electric uh, driverless car shows up and takes us where we want to go. And you maybe pay for different tiers, a bit like Uber at the moment. You can pay for Uber Exec or Uber XL or whatever. Uh, and I think that's where we're heading, um, I feel that's where we're being pushed towards at the moment. And you know what? I like it. I like it a lot. I think that it's a brilliant future for not just everyone, but for you know, especially people like ourselves who are blind or visually impaired or people with other type of uh, disabilities. This is a good future. Now, your taxi drivers, your Uber drivers, your bus drivers are all going to say, oh, this is awful. This is horrible. I'm going to be out of a job. 
Yeah. I mean, that is an unfortunate drawback of this, but that being said, you know, that's the argument that people make around innovation and technology when we are pushing things forward like this. Uh, you know, the whole uh, buggy whip argument of, you know, well, who makes buggy whips anymore? You know, I mean, the, you know, because the cars replaced the buggies, you didn't need the buggy whip. Um, you know, it's that idea of, 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 you know, progress and innovation. And unfortunately, yeah, that could happen. That could happen where drivers of current vehicles like that may not work anymore. Then again, they may for a long time while we're integrating this into our, our system and, 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 you know, learning how to, to use this technology. But I think all in all, as we talked about earlier, it's going to be safer. It's going to be better. It's going to be ecologically better. Uh, you know, so many benefits surrounding this. And I know here in the States, at least, because we do have some states uh, in America where it is legal to have these on the on the roads where they are driving these as we speak. And so people are seeing these vehicles, like you said before, Google and others have made them look very specific. So you know it's a Google car. You know what this vehicle is. And in those states where it's legal, you read stories all the time about how People are just used to them now. They see them on the roads all the time. They're they're used to seeing them, you know, parked to them next, you know, parked next to them in a, in a highway or, or a parking lot, and so they just know that's what they are. And I think the more people are surrounded by them and they see them and they understand them, and and you know, the more they're integrated into uh, just our everyday life, I think it will be more easily accepted. I know that also in the states, and I know in other countries, I believe in the UK as well, regulations and laws have already been looked at. And I know here, a lot of the blind agencies, you know, NFBA, ACB, things like that, have already gone to Washington and said, we want to make sure blind people are included at this in this whole process from the beginning. And Washington, for once, when it comes to technology, said, all right, we're listening. Talk to us. And they're actually including blind people in this so that we can be by ourselves in a vehicle, not have to have some sort of sighted support person there to push the big red button, like you said. Um, and I think that's fascinating because you wouldn't have thought that. You wouldn't have thought that this would be something that would include blind people from the beginning with us in mind, some mainstream thing to say, hey, this can be for you guys too. Yeah, I think there's a, a world of difference here. And uh, you know, it's interesting as you say, governments are listening which is very unusual. Um, you know, I sometimes think, you know, blind people, although we we do get it rough at times, and, and we do, there's a bit more understanding about our disability, or at least a willingness to involve us in conversations. And, you know, that's, I hope not to the detriment of other people's disabilities, but I do think we are getting listened to, and I think that's partly because of the organizations in the States. You've got some brilliant organizations doing your bidding. And, you know, as I say doing your bidding, you know, the great thing about <laughs> the organizations in, in the States is they are being run by blind and partially sighted people, you know, who are saying, look, this isn't good enough. This needs to be dealt with. Now, you can argue whether or not they're too adversarial uh, or, or not. But the fact is that there are results as as a result of their work, you know. I don't think without the NFB, and I know this is a bold statement, but I, from my understanding, I don't believe that the, without the NFB, for example, that an iPhone would be accessible. Um, and I say that because of what I know and, and what I hope everyone should know about the, the, the technology that, that was suggested to Apple by uh, the NFB at the time. And, you know, what a difference that's made, you know, um, I mean, we'll never really know for for certain whether that happened or how that happened, how we got there. But we know that the conversation was started by the NFB, and that's how that happened. 
And I'm a big supporter of anybody who stands up and fights for us. And, you know, I just want to be along shouting with them. My big bugbear at the moment, as you know, is audio description and the lack of it on demand and certainly on television in places. Um, We've got to stand up and fight. But it seems to me as if we're getting closer because the fact is we have audio description. That's a start in my book. And the fact that we're now talking about being not only in the room to discuss the technology around driverless cars, but also, you know, being just considered as, well, of course you'll be a recipient of this kind of vehicle. You'll be able to use it on your own independently. Of course, why not? Because the model, essentially what's happening is the model of vehicle they're looking at is not one with a steering wheel. And if you take the steering wheel out of the equation and you start to think of it more as a travelling vehicle, like a train almost, then you don't need anybody to watch the road because the car's doing it for you. Interestingly, you, you mentioned there about jobs and the, the the change in careers. I'm always minded to think of Ira, the uh, glasses which you've got, and I know you've talked yes. about it, uh, which I'm very jealous of. Um, <laughs> it's coming. I know UK's it's coming. Get it soon, they say. Absolutely. Um, but I am excited by uh, this, and, and what is exciting about it is, is a couple of things. One is the technology itself, but the other thing is how people who might be considered support workers or assistants or people who might have been paid to help us out at, at different points are now being employed in this sector where they're almost remote controlling us to a degree. Um we can ask for assistance whenever we like through this technology. So we're, the technology and the, the humane side of it, the, the actual human being on the other end of a line, um, that is working. And I think that is where the kind of technology we're moving towards with driverless cars will go. I think you'll have companies that will be in charge of ferrying people around remotely. Um, and I don't think that's far off. I mean, I think about drones. I think about that kind of technology the military use. You know, how we effectively, you know, radio control our drones into to different countries. Um, why couldn't that just be adopted for cars and for buses and for fleets of trains? I mean, that's kind of how, I guess, mass transit operates to a degree these days. Um, it wouldn't be a huge stretch to go down to a personal level with that, would it? I don't think it would be a stretch at all. And, and I think that that could be a positive benefit to the self-driving vehicles, because if you were able to take these people that may be perhaps losing their jobs, but put them in a position where they're on the other end of it, there, there's, I don't know if there's services like this. I'm sure there are services like this in UK, but we have in the States a service called OnStar. So very similar to maybe asking your you know, device on your phone, you know, asking Siri for help or something, but this is actually asking a live person, similar to how Ira works. People actually talk about Ira being the OnStar for the blind where if you're in a vehicle and you need help, you need directions, you have a question about where you are or traffic, you hit a button, an operator comes on over your, your speakers in your car and says, how can I help you? And you ask your question and away you go. You know, they'll get you directions, they'll get you, you know, whatever you need. And I could see that kind of being the self-driving uh, future of, okay, maybe these people that are doing taxi service and bus service now could be in that position where they, like you said, are controlling the vehicle, maybe helping with the maintenance or whatever the vehicle behind the scenes or the, you know, somewhere behind the scenes of these vehicles, but even could be those kind of agents where they're still helping you in a way, they're still helping navigate you, but just in a different, a different way. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, Stephen, this is a fascinating topic and one that you know that either of us could talk on forever and ever and ever, especially when it comes to technology like this. And of course, like I mentioned, if people want to hear us uh, drone on about technology, they can listen to us uh, on RNIB and Tech Talk uh, in the UK, as well as Double Tap Canada uh, there on AMI in Canada. Uh, And so I encourage people to definitely check us both out, you and I, and our friend Sean Priest on those shows. Any final words of wisdom? Or if not, uh, maybe how can people get a hold of you if they want to contact you? I have never had any form of wisdom in my life uh, unless it's been stolen from a movie or from someone else. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I would just say, uh, you know, if people want to get in touch and, and you know, in touch with me, then I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, that's how most people tend to get hold of me these days at Tech Talker Steve, based on the Tech Talk show, of course. Uh, Tech Talk is not spelled in a strange way. It's T E C H T A L K. I know a lot of people might be like T E K and all that nonsense. Not us. Um, <laughs> Tech Talk, uh, Tech Talker Steve is where you'll find me on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm always fascinated to talk about all of these stories and you know if if you have something you want to share on the show get in touch with myself or tim and uh, that guy sean and uh, we will um we'd love to hear from you but yeah it's been a pleasure being on here tim i really appreciate you giving me some time oh no problem the uh, pleasure is mine always glad to have you on whether we're talking tech or anything else so uh, again thank you so much Stephen, for coming on the show thank you tim Thank you again to Stephen Scott for talking with me about autonomous vehicles and Tesla. Again, if you want to hear part one of my interview with Stephen, you can go back to episode number 30, which can be found at lifeafterblindness.com slash three zero. And you can take a listen there to our discussion about autonomous vehicles. Moving right along, it is a new year, which means new beginnings. And for me, means trying to stay healthy, which brings me to the topic of this week's T3. T3, initiated. I'm always looking for fun, easy, and most importantly, accessible ways to help me meet my health and fitness goals. These are just a few of the things that are helping me along the way. When I'm exercising to the Eyes Free Fitness workouts, I want to make sure that I stay hydrated. And to stay hydrated, you have to drink plenty of water. Well, in order to track how much water you're drinking and make sure that you're getting enough, there is a smart bottle for that. The one that I'm using is from a company called Hydrate, that's H-I-D-R-A-T-E. And Hydrate makes a smart water bottle that if you have some vision will flash when it is time for you to take another drink, or you can partner the bottle with your smartphone and an app from Hydrate that will notify you when you are behind in your daily goal for hydration. The app provides you with inspirational or funny quotes to help you along the way throughout the day and will track exactly how many ounces you need to drink as well as the ounces that you have drank up to the minute and each and every single day. The Hydrate Smart Water Bottle holds up to 24 ounces of fluid and can be found on Amazon.com for approximately $45. After a hard workout, I may feel a bit hungry and head off to the kitchen. And if I need help measuring out ingredients, that's where the Speaks Volumes, that's V-O-L-U-M-Z, talking measuring cup comes in. Also available on Amazon.com for approximately $50, the Speaks Volumes Talking Measuring Cup allows you to change between cups, 
and ounces and will measure liquids as well as dry ingredients. After having exercised while making sure to drink plenty of fluids and then having a really good meal, I'm going to need somewhere to track all of this to keep me set to my goals. And that's where the app MyFitnessPal comes into play. MyFitnessPal is available for iPhone as well as Android and is accessible with each of their respective screen readers. You can track your calories as well as the macro and micronutrients for each and every meal throughout the day, as well as track your workouts and your water intake. MyFitnessPal connects with a variety of apps and health devices in order to help you more easily and accessibly track your achievements. These are just a few of the things that I'm using to help me to reach my health and fitness goals. Are there specific things that you're using to help you achieve your goals? Please send an email to tim at lifeafterblindness.com and I'll share your ideas on the podcast. I really do hope that those suggestions are helpful. There are so many really nice and accessible products out there that can help us when it comes to health and fitness. And that brings us to the end of episode number 31 of Life After Blindness. I want to, first of all, thank my daughter, Alyssa, for being such a great help in the introduction for the new year. I also want to thank Stephen Scott again for talking with me about autonomous vehicles and Tesla. And of course, I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to Life After Blindness. If you want to get in touch with me, of course, you can send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. Please check out the website by going to lifeafterblindness.com where you can find the show notes for this and every single episode. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter by following at Labcast. That's L-A-B-C-A-S-T. Please join me again next time as together we continue our journey to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.